You know, you spend so much time sitting at a desk. Maybe you should think about standing at a desk. (laughs) That is so true. I am actually really excited about Uplift Desk. You get to choose so many things like the color of the desktop, the size of the desktop, and they have so many standing desks. I move around all day to get all the different things done between the podcast and real job, etc. So this Uplift Standing Desk, super excited about. And we should also point out if you've never used a standing desk, they move so you don't have to always stand. In fact, they recommend that you should spend about 45 minutes of every hour standing, 15 minutes sitting, because if you spend too much time, you'll strain your back. I also love the fact that they include free shipping. They have free a warranty, a 15-year warranty, not to mention accessories with your desk purchase. And don't worry, they don't wobble. It's completely stable. It's built to last, and you can tell with a 15-year warranty. If you want to look into yours, go to upliftdesk.com slash TCO. You're going to get 5% off your order. That's up L I F T desk.com slash TCO to get 5% off your entire order. It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Clip in, set yourself free. Come on and take a ride with me. Welcome to the Clip Out, episode 65. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. How's it going? Good. <laughs> You're looking at me for a number joke running out. Yeah. And I can't drive 65. No. No. No, I'm, I can't. Because <laughs> I'm a giant puss. I'm like 62, not, and a, 62 and a half. That's not true. I'm I've gonna, ridden cross country with you, mister. You were not going... <laughs> Slow. <laughs> Slowly. I don't know what you're talking about. Ah, goodness. So, uh, so yeah. So, I don't know. Let's uh, guess. What do you got for people? <laughs> I got an episode of podcast. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about a little bug that Peloton had this week. We're gonna... <laughs> You know what I do with bugs. They're gross. Not that kind of bug. Crystal, come kill this bug for me. <laughs> There's a spider in the shower. Help. (laughs) And you're like, that's hair, honey. (laughs) It's a hairy spider. We have lots of updates about former guests and instructors and a fun little update about the OPP, which is usually not a sentence that I would say. Yeah, that's a fun update about the OPP. I know. Go figure. What could that possibly mean? You'll find out. Uh, It's tantalizing. (laughs) So, uh, shameless plugs, don't forget, we're available on iTunes. You can go there, rate, review, subscribe. We have a new review. Would you like to hear it? You know I would. Yes. So, uh, this is from DDJ. I guess it could also be from DayDayJ. D-E-D-E. <laughs> oh, no, I think DD. Well, yeah, I'm just saying it could. Yeah, it could. Theoretically. Yes. They say, I am relatively new to Peloton. Bike arrived a little over a month ago, and I'm enjoying working my way through every episode of the clip out. Yay! Hey, Tom and Crystal are so much fun to listen to, and I have learned so many tips and tricks to really maximize my time on the bike. And if I'm being honest, gotten me to think seriously enough about the tread that I have considered moving to a house with a basement to make room for one. Also, you hear that, Peloton? 
Peloton needs to. I should get a referral code. You should. If they, that that referral code is mine <laughs> if they put a deposit down on a tread. <laughs> uh, the uh, the interviews with Peloton riders and their human interest stories make this a podcast that anyone can enjoy. Great job, y'all. Aww. And then uh, the leaderboard name is Katie Hammer. Katie Hammer. K T Hammer. Awesome. I wonder if she's in St. Louis because I think potentially yeah. she might be. Oh, how about that? Mm-hmm. So, well, thank, well, thank you. you, Katie. Yes, thank you very much for the nice review. Thank you, KT. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so other places you can find us, uh, facebook.com slash the clip out or on our website, theclipout.com. So I guess uh, there's all of that. Let's dig in, shall we? Sure. It's time for news of the Peloton. Okay, so bugs gross me out. Let's start with the bugs. <laughs> it's not that kind of bug. It's still just the thought of a bug. Okay. Grosses right. me out. So this week there was a little a little issue on the bike. And that was that during a ride, at least a ride, <laughs> I don't think this lasted long. Uh, when there was an arm section, the metrics that are recorded on the bike right. stopped recording during arms. So even if you were record, like you were still moving your legs and the pedals, everything stopped recording. And um, so that means you're not even burning any calories. <laughs> If it's not counting it, then it doesn't. Well, you're getting fatter. The reason I mentioned this was because the outrage <laughs> that was instantly put on the OPP about this, it kind of cracked me up. I'm not going to lie. Because, first of all, the thought was oh my gosh, this was done. On purpose to make it more like the tread Because if you do a tread workout It's the same thing like you're running on the tread And then right. you get off to do the floor workout And nothing happens But you're not running anymore when you're doing that right? Sure. So it's, that's the difference But but a lot of people don't do arm workouts on the bike There's a ton of people who just keep riding Just skip it They do right. And so, so people were It's hard to pedal with your arms <laughs> I don't blame them <laughs> That's not the way it works oh. No. I um, had a great visual image of that <laughs> That was nice. <laughs> so anyway, so people were upset because they were thinking that they were going to have this anytime they took a ride that had arms. Now they weren't going to be able to get a PR. Right. It was just gone. It's forever. Just gone. It's never happening again. So Oof. we so avoid all arms rides forever. Right. And then somebody finally called Peloton and Peloton was like, yeah, it was just a. Yeah. Just a bug no We got it And then it was fixed By the end of the day But like <laughs> The comments Oh my god People Were so upset Like so mad They were like I'm never gonna get a PR again It's the end of the world <laughs> And I understand Like I'm I'm laughing Because people got so upset So fast right. Without knowing any details That's why I'm laughing But like I also understand It's like the equivalent Of like If your cable went out And you were like TV has ceased to exist. <laughs> All I can do is read books. Well, yeah, but but you could still ride your bike, right? So, yeah. like, really, all that was changing is that a PR would not be accomplished in the same way by right. the same method. And so I understand it would mess up people's metrics. I understand why they were upset. But it just it just hit me differently because since I've been running, 
uh, so much in the last year and other stuff has happened. I really haven't been able to even focus on a PR. Like my focus has been like, have fun on the bike, go work out, work out like when I run. Right. And so so to me, it's just not that big of a deal. But that's because I'm in a different headspace right. than, than somebody who's there like was, chasing that PR. There was a time when. You, Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure there will be again, because at some point that I will be done with this yeah. Iron Man relay. You're not above it. It's just in this moment in time. Yes. Not as much of a priority. So I'm empathetic to it, but it was much easier for me to see the humor in it when it was all done. And it, and it's done. really easy for me to see the humor. Yeah. Just, you don't even. Yeah. You think we're all doing handstands on the yeah. bike. So. See, you go for a PR. I go for a PH. <laughs> what is that? Uh, Pizza Hut. <laughs> Oh, so not the kind of bug you thought. We're all good. Shoo. Yeah. Last time we, we, you brought up bugs, people were eating them. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Crickets in particular. Yes. So they actually ugh. make another mention on this this particular episode. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> um, it's out there. I don't know when it's going to happen. All of a sudden, a, a cricket's going to jump out of me. <laughs> God damn crickets. Okay. So uh, there are uh, new tread instructor groups popping up. Yeah. For people. So I know we talked about a while back that there is the the tread group. You know, you have the the official OPP, and then then there was a big group for the tread. Right. Well, now the instructor groups have started to pop up. So now there's one out there for for Chase Tucker, Selena, Olivia, and Chase Tucker is opening for Kenny Chesney next no. weekend. Right? No. He sure sounds like he should be. I know, and you say that every time I talk about Chase Tucker. <laughs> and I'm always going to. <laughs> I saw him open for Toby Keith. No, you didn't. At a uh, little bit of Texas no. about 15 years ago, and he put on a hell of a show. <laughs> so anyway, Chase, Selena, Olivia, Maddie, they all have their own groups. If you want to follow them, you're taking their classes, you're enjoying them, go join their groups. Go uh, participate in the conversation. Uh, Maddie's in particular cracks me up because he posts a lot of pictures about his dog Luther, who he also is constantly putting on Instagram. And it is so funny. That dog is hilarious. What's he do? Nothing. His expression is like... It's like our dog Marshall You know how he always has that look on his face Like he always looks like somebody just got done beating him Yeah and Luther doesn't look like that But it's like a lazy You know he's like a Garfield dog Right Like he's like a lazy dog And it cracks me up because Maddie is like this amazing fit instructor Who's always running and working out And then he's got this like blob of a dog (laughs) Who likes to like lay on the couch and look at him (laughs) And he has to like force him to go take walks you got to check out Instagram, Maddie's dog. They call me Luther is the, uh, that's what he always puts on his hashtag. They call me Luther. <laughs> Former guest, uh, Jackie Mendelson. Yes. Had a nice little. She did. Achievement. She did. Big, big news. Uh, so I don't know if anybody's been following along. I certainly have. But uh, Jackie Mendelson has a new group out there. Um, and she has been kind of putting together this whole challenge for people. And it's Best Life Together, uh, the number two. Uh, and so what she does is she puts together a workout routine every day. And, you know, it involves your Peloton and involves stretching and working out and really pushing yourself. And so uh, I was 
so excited to see that not only does she have a doctor of physical therapy, but she also just became certified as a health coach. And so now instead of just doing like her physical therapy at her practice, she also can help with things like weight loss and nutrition and fitness and movement and sleep and stress management. She's got a whole list of things that she can uh, help people out with. And Jackie, I mean, you remember talking to her. She's just the kind of person she just lights up a room. She just wants to help people and help them reach their goals. She had her own weight loss transfer where she completely transformed her body in like a hundred pound weight loss. And she's just a huge inspiration and I could not be happier for her. Awesome. Well, congrats. Yes. Congrats, Jackie. Christine Diercole. Did I get it right? You did. Look at that. Nice. That's pretty, that's pretty good on my part. She had a, uh, a, a big race last weekend, right? She did a series of races. She was at the national championships. And so she was there all weekend and there's like all these different races that she participated in. So exciting. She came back with two bronze medals, two silver medals, and two gold medals. That's as for someone who's a fan of symmetry. <laughs> that was very rewarding. Yes. She got a six pack in awards. Like, that's pretty <laughs> freaking cool. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. And uh, there was a big contingent of people that went down to cheer on, too. Yeah. And so our guest that's on uh, Lisa Torp this week, and she she's she's our interview, which right. is an awesome interview. She talks about she was there cheering her on and she got to watch her win one of her gold medals. So super exciting. I'll let Lisa tell you all about that later. But so proud, so happy for Christine. Could just awesome. We have such an awesome crowd of instructors teaching us on a daily basis. I feel like every segment is. I'm like, and congratulations. <laughs> well, get ready. You're going to say it again. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so, a, a couple of uh, former guests also have a big event coming up this weekend. That is correct. Yes. So, you know, I've been talking about this half Iron Man relay that I'm doing in September. Oh, is that? Is that what that's about? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm drawing connection for you because so I am overwhelmed by 13.1 miles of running. Right. OK, so you Chrissy Blackwood, who we just had on the show, MTV's Chrissy Blackwood <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then a few months ago, we had Chris Gallant on. And then to round out their their triple threat of friendship right. Tracy Paulson who has not yet been on the show. You were really trying to work around saying threesome weren't you? No I was not. <laughs> That's just where your head went. You're like I can't call them that. I was going to say three stooges actually because uh, they call themselves that but I feel like it sounds wrong if I say right. like they can call themselves the three stooges but it just sounds wrong if I do that. But at any rate they are all participating in the Lake Placid full Iron Man this weekend. Whoa. So let me tell you what that involves. Okay. Okay. 2.4 miles of swimming. Oof. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's nothing. Listen to this. 112 miles of biking. Yikes. And then 26.2 miles of running. All in one. Like, that's all one day. In a row. Yes. They have 17 hours to complete this. I am cheering them on. So much, like so hard. I've got their tracker. I've got the app downloaded to my phone. I've got their numbers. I'm tra- I'm going to track <laughs> them. They start Saturday morning. This is intense. I am so excited for them. This is huge. Yeah, that's a lot. I know. And I'm, here I am worried about my little 13 mile run. Yeah, and I'll I'll drive around a parking lot for 20 minutes looking <laughs> for a better parking space. <laughs> These people are inspiring. They are just amazing. 
See, I just hear it and I'm like, no way. I'm not. I'm just like, I can't do that. I, I told my coworker Tom today about it because he uh, he's participating in a triathlon in a couple of weeks, and uh, he he was like, that's just insane. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, these three, these three, I love them so much. They always say, they always say. Uh, that's a horrible idea What time Like that's the thing They'll do any of this stuff Like they just They just go for it They just jump in Literally into the water And swim <laughs> Crazy and exciting Well good luck Yes And better you than me <laughs> Well yeah You would just Sink Yes Yeah that's not, I, That's not even on the swimming part <laughs> Good luck guys it's This thing with the OPP That's not a fist fight <laughs> it's pretty curious, right? Yeah. yeah. We hit 100,000 members on the OPP. Holy cow. Yeah. Remember two years ago, almost to the day, uh, July 15th, 2016 is when I got my bike. Do you remember how many people were on the OPP? It was like 8,000? 8, 8,000 people. Wow. So in two years, it has gone from 8,000 people to 100,000 people. That's insane that's, growth. That's a lot. Yes. Well, yes. congratulations to Peloton. Yes. And to John Foley's Children's Trust Fund. <laughs> I'm sure that's doing pretty nicely, too. <laughs> yes. And to celebrate, they put out a whole bunch of clothes again. <laughs> Actually, to celebrate, they put this really cool video up and uh, you tagged. The idea was that the instructors all talked about one of their writers who inspired them. And then if you were mentioned or if you were so excited to do so, you would then post and tag three people on a new on a new post. And so, of course, I did. I couldn't just limit it to three people. Sure, you'd start a fight. I limited it to like 10 and I still there's so many people so many people inspire me I could make it would just take me a long time to list them so I'm not going to do it now right lots now, of people of those 10 which uh which number was I oh oh yeah that's a different kind of inspiration I thought we were just talking about fitness inspiration oh I see but like love goals relationship goals that's that's a hashtag by the way is that what that is yeah it's <laughs> a little hand motion you're making, but not for fitness goals. No, no, sorry. I got some fitness, though. Nope. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, whatever you're listening to, she deleted a really, really good dirty joke, <laughs> and you missed it. You really missed out, because it was a really good one, but she is too embarrassed, so yep. it was not quite unlike me. It was snipped. <laughs> but, but... To go back to your original point, Peloton did drop a new clothing line in the boutique this week. What did that cost us? It was not cheap. <laughs> it not never is. Cheap. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, Tom, is two things. One, I still had a coupon from when I went to HRI because mm -hmm. they, they put those little swag bag coupons. I had to use it. That's number one. Sure. And it's like throwing away money. If it is. I, thank you. And then also, um, it was cute. So, I'm. Mean, what are you going to do? You know, they, they had this tank top that had like ride on it in the front. And it was like each letter has a different thing happening with like flowers. And then the back is like lattice cut out. It was so cute. I had to have it. Clearly. 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 And then... And then clearly, I had to get the leggings that match that were like multicolored and they had the same color scheme as what was in the tank top. Yeah, you got to make sure you match when you're right in the basement where nobody can see you. I mean, hey, <laughs> you never know. I might be able to wear them on a run 
And then look, people are seeing me. So there we go. And I might go to the studio again and where I'm there. So you just never know when people are going to see me working out. So there. Well, I bought a Marx Brothers Blu-ray box set. How much was that? Fifteen dollars. I, I I thought we talked about these things before. You. <laughs> I have the same box set on DVD, but it was Blu-ray. And oh I, my god! And I was I was gonna not get it. It's like five movies though, oh, and I was gonna okay. not get it because it's it's like a fifty dollar box set. And I was like, oh, fourteen ninety nine. Like he kind of got me. So all right, I upgraded to Blu-ray. Okay, for the Marsh Brothers. Okay, so that's almost like your boutique shopping spree. Yeah. It's almost like that because <laughs> yours is it was you probably spent fifteen sixteen bucks right in taxes because <laughs> <laughs> I also got a third thing it was leggings there's another pair of leggings but yeah. but they they had like this really cool airbrushing looking thing and it was black and then ombre it was amazing so I had I had to get them I had to. But listen, I'm telling you this. I I have to slow down. Like Peloton, okay, here's the deal. With the boutique, like, do you remember where people were really upset because they couldn't get stuff and it sold out and it was like these right. really long dry periods between when we got new stuff? Okay, well, that has changed. They have kept up on their promise to release 14 new collections. A month. I cannot keep up. I'm, I I can't. I simply can't. And I have to have clothes besides just workout clothes. So I'm I'm done. I am hanging up my Peloton wear for the moment. I'm not saying how long um, that's going to last. It's going to last until the next one. I drops. don't know. I don't know. I mean. We shall see. We we shall. Stay we shall. tuned. I Yeah. <laughs> I will report back when the next one drops as to whether or not she purchased anything. <laughs> this is good stuff, though. It's good stuff. Just saying. Well, so are the Marx Brothers. Uh huh. And they're like a tenth the price. <laughs> <laughs> so Punk Rob. Punk Rob is awesome. So do you remember me telling you about the dragon leggings? Yeah. So he's another vendor that I really <laughs> I like his art. Right. <laughs> well, now he has like he added new stuff. It's really fun. Now you can get little dragon swimsuits, like little bikinis and. It's really cool and new phone cases. And uh, if you have not checked out Punk Rob, and that's P U N K R O B B, you need to because there are so many awesome designs. Now, I will say if you're already feeling like you have too many workout clothes because of Peloton, maybe do yourself a favor and don't visit Punk <laughs> Rob because I guarantee you're going to find at least one pair you have got to have. But. Once you've accepted that that's what's going to happen, it's amazing, and there's lots of great stuff there. And I would also like to point out that, like, you're just saying this because you like it. Oh, yeah. Like, nobody... I'm not getting paid for this. <laughs> we didn't all of a sudden insert advertisement. You know what people love to do? What's that? Eat. But you know what they maybe hate to do or don't have time to do? Cook. Cook. Yeah, some people love to cook. That I'm is not true. one of those people. And I really like when we are able to find something amazing like Factor. Whenever I checked into Factor, I got a box of keto for you. Okay. And I got the calorie smart for me uh, because I know that meat is the focus of your meal. That it is. And for me, I'm like, I want to try all the things. So as long as it's healthy, I'm good. It can be any kind. But... The nice thing is, these are like two-minute meals. You fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals, and they're ready to heat and eat whenever you are. And you know what? We even did the math. The Factor is actually less expensive than takeout, and every single meal is dietitian approved It's the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. No prep, 
No mess meals. Head to factormeals.com slash TCO50 and use code TCO50 to get 50% off. That's code TCO50 at factormeals.com slash TCO50 to get 50% off. Checking in with the Peloton community. So uh, joining us today via Skype phone is Dr. Lisa Torp. <laughs> I was a little disappointed. I'm not going to lie. I thought they said Torp. <laughs> and that you were, li- were related to one of the monkeys. And I was like, oh, how exciting. At least but- you didn't say twerk. You didn't see that video, did you? Gosh. <laughs> what was she thinking? Oh, my gosh. Makes all those girl surgeons look bad. But no, it's, it's really, really something else. You know, that is that it's funny. Like, I feel like society has gotten past the point of just assuming that doctors are men. Like, we know. Yeah, like, for like sure. That yeah. when a, when a woman walks into your hospital room or whatever, you don't just automatically assume she's a nurse. But I will say, I don't know if they have when it comes to surgeons. How many f- female surgeons, like proportionally, are there? Do you, are, is there any data on that? It, it depends on the field that you're in. When I went into general surgery, when I finished my residency about 23 years ago, it was about 20% females in general surgery. Right now, since I'm now a breast specialist, I'd say probably over half of the surgeons are female, but it really depends on the field, like heart surgery, it's much greater predominance in men, orthopedics as well. Interesting. Why do you think that is? I have a theory. (laughs) There's a couple of reasons why. One is that being a male-dominated field, I can tell you, even when I was in med school, they didn't encourage women. If anything, they would discourage women to go into their field. And there was, you know, I did encounter some frank... Uh, gender discrimination. But then there's also the issues of family. Residency training is is a very long training. And when I was in training, people didn't have kids during residency. So you'd go through four years of medical school and five years of residency. And and then, you know, at some point you're going to start your family, but you're not going to do that right after you get out. You got to get established in practice. So that's an awful long time. I had my daughter at 36. Okay. Uh, Yeah, that that is quite a, that is a big factor. Yeah, I didn't think about that. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. yeah, I guess when you're going into a male-dominated field like that, you kind of have to have a take-no-prisoners attitude. Yeah. My, my mom dealt with My mom owned a printing company, which is obviously a fairly male-dominated industry, right? Back when people needed printers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so she, she dealt with a lot of that. People just, they'd come in and ask for the owner. And she's like, I'm the owner. And then their immediate follow up would be like, well, is your husband back there? (laughs) That's funny you say that. That reminds me of an experience when I first was in uh, finished up and I was in in general practice. I went in to see this patient and she was older than me. And she looked at me and she goes, are you the doctor? And I said, yes. And she goes, oh, I was expecting an older, wiser male. So I left the room (laughs) and didn't go back. Wow. (laughs) I wasn't going to satisfy her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was that was probably wise of you, ironically. <laughs> See, I I can't not be snarky. I'd have been like, well, three more classes. <laughs> <laughs> Just squeaked by with yeah. a with a D plus. Yeah. <laughs> now, now point to your heart and I'll get started. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, uh, this is why they don't trust me with these yeah, things. Yeah, probably. <laughs> So what do you like about being a surgeon and a doctor? Like, what is that like? 
It's interesting. I I actually grew up in a medical family. My dad is a surgeon, and my mom was actually an operating room nurse. That's how they met. So I kind of grew up knowing what to expect in terms of you know the kind of lifestyle that would involve. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was uh, so I sort of always grew up thinking I was going to be a doctor, and then I went through a period in high school where I was sort of assessing my life and assessing what I wanted to do, and I thought about some other careers. But but medicine is what I decided to settle on, and I spent some time in. Um, volunteering and working in my dad's office and he was a, a rural general surgeon he's, he's retired now but rural general surgery is, is kind of interesting but it just seemed to be what I like to do and and I went on to medical school and I went through the different specialties but it just it's it's really a very special position to be in people trust you with their life they, they trust you to take care of them they trust you to operate on them it's really quite a responsibility and, and also an honor that people would do that to allow you to take care of them wow and it sounds like you you take that really seriously that's that's nice as a as you know a person who could potentially be a patient someday that's really nice to, to hear <laughs> <laughs> i do so um i had a I had a real turning point from a career standpoint or from a a physician standpoint. When I was in medical school, I kind of figured I was always going to be a surgeon. That was what I grew up knowing and seeing at home. But, you know, in medical school, you you go through different rotations and I'd gone to pediatrics. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm going to be a pediatrician. Oh, this is great. I'm going to be a family doctor. I I knew there were some fields that I wasn't going to go into, like orthopedics, but (laughs) heart surgery. Um, A turning point for me was I was on actually a plastic surgery rotation and I got to witness a patient having a mastectomy, having her breast removed for cancer and then a reconstructive procedure. And I was so impressed by that work that you could do something to not only remove the disease, but there was more that you could do to help, you know, rebuild that person, whether, you know, physically or whatever. So actually, when I first started my surgery training, I was considering a career in plastic surgery with with the intent to be a reconstructive surgeon. But I kind of realized that I was more than just someone who rebuilds breasts. I wanted to provide comprehensive care. I wanted to be, you know, managing, taking care of the patient, providing the support that she needed or he needed in all aspects, not just from surgical, but the medical aspects. So I, I wound up specializing in breast general surgery, which means I take care of most things related to the breast, whether it's benign disease or genetic counseling, high-risk counseling, and and the surgery. Surgery is mostly what I do. But it's really been it's been very rewarding, and I and it's you know it's really not about what I get out of it, but it's been very rewarding for me. But it's just really been amazing to be able to do things to help other people, and not just do the surgery, but take actions to improve the care that they get. I work hard every day trying to make change, trying to make sure that we're providing the best quality care in a compassionate manner, you know, providing as many services as needed so that our patients really feel like they're getting everything they need to get them through the process. Of course, what I deal with most is is breast cancer patients. And that, as you can imagine, can be an extremely scary time for them. It's really satisfying to me to be able to help them through that process and know that I've done everything I can to make that process as smooth for them and get them the best possible care and, and feel like they have an advocate for them as they go through it. Wow. It's nice to be able to hear from 
a physician, like how, how they feel. Like when you're a patient, you just go into the room and you just talk to them and you have no idea what's going through their head or how they're perceiving, you know, your concerns or your fears. And it's uh, really comforting to hear how much thought and care you put into this. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really, communication is really important to me. I, I, I'm the type that sits there. I look eye to eye with the patient. I listen. I think I've been noted to be one of the few doctors that, um, that patients encounter that actually sit and listen to them. And you have to listen. You really need to listen because sometimes they're trying to tell you things that they're not actually verbalizing or, you know, you really have to you have to be in tune with what they're thinking and anticipate what their needs are going to be. Yeah, I would think there's probably a lot of people that don't even, they might be in a situation where they're not even sure what to verbalize. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, they don't know what, what's important and what isn't. Especially when you're in a situation with cancer. I mean, that I I have not experienced that, but I can imagine that you would be very scared and when you're scared you can't always process what a doctor is telling you and that you don't always know what questions to ask you know you're almost in shock about what comes next and how to deal with things yeah the sometimes the most difficult appointments that i have with patients are many times they've already gotten their diagnosis they know they have cancer but they don't know anything about where they are and how bad it is. No, none of the other doctors want to tell them anything because they're not the experts. You know, wait till you meet with the surgeon. You wait till you meet with the surgeon. So I spend quite a bit of time and, and we go over what was found, you know, what's the size of things, what type it is, what, here's what you can expect in terms of testing, possible treatments, and here's our plan. And you, you talk to them, you explain things, you give them hope because a lot of people hear that cancer diagnosis and, and all hope is gone. They're, they're thinking the worst. And even worse, they go on the Internet and read and then they're thinking, oh. you know, all kinds of things. But it, it's actually it's, it's really nice that usually by the time I'm done, they feel they're calmer. They're a little bit more relaxed. They feel like they have a plan and, and knowledge is power, knowing that at least they know what's going on and they have an idea of what's going to happen in the next few weeks, the next few months is is very important. That's awesome. You sound like such a great doctor. <laughs> well, thank you. Do you, do you have so Tom? Whenever what? we talked to Lisa in New York, you had all kinds of questions about surgery. So before we move on, I just want to make sure. <laughs> I, I don't remember what I what I asked. You I asked was, her things like, "What did it feel like with the first time you cut into somebody?" Yeah, <laughs> That's, I mean, I just can't imagine. I'm I'm nervous to like cut up the meat right for the barbecue pit, you know, <laughs> and I'm sure it's probably. A lot more similar than we would like oh, to imagine. I'm sure it is. At the end of the day, like we're just but, we're meat, but, but well, like, it's, it's very. It's actually very dissimilar. So my my husband's a surgeon. I'm a surgeon. For the turkey at Thanksgiving, we just cut it in the kitchen and serve it on a plate because it doesn't come out. <laughs> it is totally different, Tom. Just so, just say in there. <laughs> this is why I don't do it. It's a good thing. Yeah, that's the only reason. I made the right call. <laughs> but, but now, taste wise, how's it? Oh, Tom. <laughs> oh, no. But what? So, do you remember the first time you performed a surgery do you, that you cut into somebody, or is it all a blur now? I'm not sure I remember the first cut, but I remember the first uh, the surgical procedure that confirmed that this is what I wanted to do. I was a medical student, and I won't mention where I w- what hospital I was in, but it was a big city hospital where students got to do a lot because there's so many patients and not enough people to take care of them. So they had a, an area called the laceration room, and there would be, you know, it would just had like eight stretchers with people with cuts that needed to be repaired. And the patient that I got assigned to had been attacked by his girlfriend with a bottle, so he, he had... <gasps> slashes and the muscle and the skin and the fat and all kinds of stuff. So uh, 
you know, I had very little experience at that point, and the resident said, here, sew this one up, use a drain, and I'm going to go take, take care of these traumas. So three hours later, I, I could do that operation about 25 minutes now, but three hours later, he comes back, and he's like, wow, look at that. That looks really good. And I, I had very carefully put all these layers together. And he says, but your drain, so imagine this, you have an, uh, an up and down incision on your arm, and you put in a drain so that fluid doesn't collect under the skin. It comes out. In uh-huh. that situation, gravity takes the fluid out. So okay. the drain comes out of the top of the incision because that's just not going to work with gravity. The drain needs to come out from the lower part of the incision. But it was funny because it was it was the end of our surgical rotation. There was a big party at some surgeon's house. And I gave up that party because I was doing this. And I loved it. I, every, just pulling things back together, repairing this, you know, making things neat and nice and restoring function and knowing that I was helping this person. It was, it was really very cool. I said, this, I'm definitely going to be a surgeon. Wow, wow. that's so cool. Is, is, <laughs> is, there a, is there a way that they kind of like stair-step you into surgery from yes. a, as a surgeon? Like, you know, Practice on. pretend on this yeah. first. There's or... actually surgical simulation labs before they even start their residency. Well, actually, as a medical student, they have trainers, you know, little toys with things that you can practice stitching on, sewing on. Matter of fact, my when I was an intern, um, I was with this uh, transplant surgeon and he, he would make us go home and practice on actually citrus fruit, you know, and grapefruits and oranges. They had that really thin white coating between the skin and the, the pulp of the fruit, right. that white flimsy stuff. He said, if you can sew on that, you can sew on anything. So I would take my little needles home and practice on the fruits or whatever. But they have simulation labs where uh, students and residents can go in and learn techniques, practice techniques, and even can go back at different points in their training and refine techniques. So you, you learn on simulators, you learn on cadavers. I, I was in medical school almost 30 years ago, 25 years ago. You know, today they have robotic trainers. They have um, computer simulations. There's a lot of different things that are done before someone actually gets to the operating room. And then once they get to the operating room, it is. It's through, through the course of your training, there is uh, an increased level of responsibility of what you can and can't do. And also, that's dependent on the level of experience of the resident their skills and uh, the attending as well. So if I have surgical residents, you know, they maybe get to do skin stuff, skin closures and very simple things. And if you have upper level residents, they get to do a little bit more. So it's it's a very closely supervised level uh, training, um, especially compared to back when I was a medical student. You had a lot more freedom and a lot less supervision. But, you know, of course, with uh, today's legal climate and, and restrictions, yeah. it's a little, a little different now. Is it true that the final step is just like someone who missed a copay? jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they don't even teach you anything about the business of medicine. I'll tell you that. Oh, I've that's heard, fascinating. I've, I've read that complaint a lot that like the that, like the doctors are so focused on being doctors, which is good. Good, we yeah, want that. <laughs> that then, they, then they're like, and you're a small business owner, go. And it's wow. like, and it, and in like, yeah, that's a totally different skill set. It's it is in a lot of ways. It's like with bands, you see so many oh yeah great artists who don't know how to manage their money or get good deals for their for their group mm-hmm. or you know, there's very few people that can do both. And yeah, that, and then if, if that's you, why they need agents, right. and managers. And, and if you can, then they call you Paul McCartney. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he was. I saw a, a carpool karaoke the other day with him, and it, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Was that going. was fun. Oh, that's yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> so, um, kind of transitioning. How did you come across Peloton? 
Well, it was, it was kind of by accident. I've always been active all my life physically, um, done a lot of sports. And when I couldn't participate in sports or be part of a team or whatever, go to the gym. And I'd always been intrigued by spinning. It was a little bit intimidating to me. I, I would see like the, the rooms and I'd kind of peek in and look at the bikes. But it's like, oh, I don't get those cleats. And, how, you know, what if I went to a class and couldn't tolerate? So I never I never actually took a spin class. And in, in the gym that I was in at the time, they only had it one day a week on it at a time that I couldn't go because of my work schedule. And at the time, I had um, just gotten rid of my elliptical. I had this old elliptical with <laughs> it was called iFit discs. It had, oh yeah, the, the elliptical came with two uh, discs, and on each disc had two programs of thirty minutes, and that was it. I think now you can hook up to the internet, but I, I kind of got bored with that, so I gave that away. I had uh, put my street bike on a mag train early, you know, the the wheel, the back wheel up on that, and that didn't seem right. It, it just wasn't even fun to ride so I never used that <laughs> and um, I was just at a point where I, I I've been running for my exercise I've been running outside or running inside and I needed a change and I was on my computers around Thanksgiving like so many of us um, <laughs> the pop-up ad came up around Black Friday and I'm like ah oh, what's that and it just seemed perfect I I could try spinning I could I could bring it home and and try it at home and if I didn't like it you know I could do something else with a salad or whatever but I kind of like the idea that I could just try it on my own on my own schedule have video coaching um, it just seemed perfect so I bought it yeah well I, <laughs> I I guess that makes a lot of sense because I bet you your schedule is probably not always typical so that yeah what a great if, I, if I don't get up and working out by six or six fifteen, then I'm, I'm not gonna be able to work out before work. And you know, like everybody else, by the time you get home at night, you're so tired. You know, who wants to work out at night? But yeah, it does give me the flexibility to to work out whenever I can. That's awesome. And then, so was that last Thanksgiving, like 2017, or was that the Thanksgiving 2016? Oh, so coming up on your two-year anniversary. Yeah, yeah. You know what I just realized? Today is my two-year anniversary. It's July 15th. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> right now, I'm a jerk. I didn't get her a card. Yeah, I mean, well. <laughs> I, I met someone yesterday at the races who got her bike, I think it was Karen, in 2014. Oh, wow. She said that at that time, the whole leaderboard could fit on one screen. Wow. Uh, was like, that must be OG. <laughs> yeah. <the> original group. <laughs> it's crazy to hear those people talk about the, the early, early days. days. Yeah. 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 I just can't imagine dropping that kind of money on it that early in. That's a. That's such a yeah. A leap they were of taking faith. a risk, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Clearly, one that paid off. But yeah, you didn't know that at the time. So, <laughs> but it, it's been a, an amazing experience. I I thought I was just buying a piece of exercise equipment, you know, something for me, something to you know improve my health, improve my life. I had just actually had personally gone through a, a, a medical crisis. I had um, some problems with my blood pressure, and I wound up undergoing an extensive heart workup for something that my doctors had previously thought was not a serious problem and all of a sudden I'm getting a bevy of heart tests and it, all that testing and let me tell you it's no fun to be a patient being on the other side of the, <laughs> yeah. of, the yeah. <laughs> of the medical world it is eye-opening actually I couldn't believe I had to wait so long to see a specialist at, at this university hospital for this special heart test and I mean the, the workup started in February and I didn't have that heart test till 
almost August. Oh wow. my gosh! So I especially was like when you're a doctor, yeah, you'd... you would think you'd, you'd have juice, and they'd <laughs> move you to the front of the line. Yeah. It's like when well, I need concert tickets. Actually, that wasn't being moved to the front of the line, but the doctor. Wow. There was a very specific specialist that looked at this type of disorder, and and she was on vacation, and she budged as much as she could, but but she was worth waiting for, actually. So, but when I was going through all that, I was scared to do anything. I was like, oh my God, there's something wrong with my heart. I don't want to die. You know, I don't yeah. want to have a heart attack. I don't want to be out running and something happening. And so, you know, it was really exciting to get the bike and then it turns out everything's not as bad as they thought. I, I have a, a disorder, but it's not life-threatening and it's probably never going to be life-threatening. So I, I'm free to exercise as I'd like to. Um, That's good. But, 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 so I got the bike and I'm, and I'm like, okay, a new piece of equipment. I like techie things, and and I had been taking rides and spinning for a couple of months, and you know, kind of looking around on the OPP, the uh, official Peloton page, and trying to learn about the bike and the culture of the bike, and you know, things that are related to it. And I had no idea that there was such an online community. I'm I've not been a big Facebook person. To me, before the Peloton, Facebook was a way for me to post pictures of my daughter for the family members. You know, it was really that kind of a communication <laughs> tool. Yep. But I found myself learning from others, from their posts and, you know, learning about the bike. And after my, my first couple of weeks, I ran out and bought all these pairs of magic pants because that's what people did then. And, 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 and I took my daughter and she's like, I don't know, eight or something like that, or 10. I'm like, we have to go shopping for magic pants. And I brought all these things home. Then I found out you get really hot in those. So I don't even use them at home. <laughs> And then, then I found out about the Instant Pot, but um, that's the way I sort of stumbled my way into finding out about heart rate training and the heart rate crew and home rider invasion. So I started getting involved with that and, and starting to follow certain people online, like, you know, I'd read Howie Godnick's poems and, you know, look at the posts by the mills and things like that. You start to get to know who's who in the community. I was really, really blown away when I decided to go to home rider invasion. I had never been to the studio I had never met any of these people in real life. Uh, I, I wasn't even going to go. I had tickets to go to Home Rider in, in 20, what is it, 2017. And I wasn't going to go. And then I changed my mind last minute on Saturday. I'm, I'm basically kind of shy, believe it or not. And I, I didn't want to go there and not know anybody. I didn't have anybody to go with. But I said, you know what, I'm just going to go. So I went to Tom LaBelle's party, the rooftop party that, that night. And I walked in. And I met the Mills. They were right there. And then I walked into this group of ladies and they were like five women. All of a sudden we like turned out to be like we were chatting and we we're running up on a rooftop and having a great time. I just felt instantly like part of the family. And that's my, how my experiences have been with, with the Peloton groups that I see. I mean, I've been to several mini home riders. I went to the home rider invasion this year, going to the, to the race last night. Just wherever you go, it's, it, you're immediately part of this close-knit family even if you never met the people before <laughs> it's so and, true and then, yeah and then the experience of being in the studio was was phenomenal yeah, I told you I never took a, a real spin class so I never had a studio class before and um, just getting on my bike and and seeing Stephen Little up there and and looking around and seeing you know people that I know from the from the pages and hearing the music it was really an unbelievable experience I'm sure you remember your first ride in the studio Crystal I absolutely do Tom. <laughs> yeah, just, I remember waiting in the lobby for her first ride. Does that count? By the way, Tom, my husband, I've had my bike for, what, almost 18 months, and he got on and did his first ride recently. I thought you were going to beat him, but nope. <laughs> so pressure's on. I'm just like, I, I outlasted a surgeon. Forget yeah, about that. Yeah. A robotic surgeon. <laughs> So, Lisa, what is your leaderboard name and how did you come up with it? 
my leaderboard name is Diver Doc, um, D-I-V-E-R Doc. I know it's not real creative. I see, you know, people have these like really cute names and all that, but but it's it's a good name for me. I I've always loved the ocean. I've always loved the sea. I enjoy. I used to enjoy windsurfing, sailing, snorkeling. I'm a scuba diver. I I find just sitting by the ocean and looking at the ocean is is very comforting to me. It's it's just such a powerful thing, and I just it just connects me. I, you know, if you take out, I I sometimes separate things like my personal activities and my personal interests from my work. Sometimes when you're in these kinds of jobs, once you go home, you want to turn that part off and focus on other things so this kind of connects me to something that i love very much i love scuba diving i'm not an extreme diver although i i've had some experiences that were very interesting most you know i'm happy to be on a reef hanging out down at the bottom of the ocean looking at the fish you know you just you're immersing yourself in a in a whole nother environment you're you're in their environment the fish are looking at you they're curious they're cautious you're seeing things that you can't see when you're on on the dry land and it's interesting if you've if you've not done Christ, Christ, Coach Christine's rides, she talks about her experiences scuba diving. She tried it for the first time a, a few months ago. It's really almost kind of meditative. You you have this breathing apparatus on, and when you're underwater, you hear some noises from the ocean, but all you really hear is your own breathing. And you can't swim fast and breathe fast because then you'll burn through all your oxygen and you don't have much time underwater. So the breathing is slow and steady. Um, you can adjust your buoyancy by how you're breathing, by how much oxygen's in your lungs. And you learn to be efficient in the water so you don't use up all your oxygen and, and um, have more time to spend underwater. It's, it's, it's really a, f- a fascinating experience. And it was, it was kind of really scary when I went through that heart workup because one of the things they told me at the time was, you won't be allowed to scuba dive. Oh. And I was, you know, I know f- people face much greater judgments in their life, but I was pretty blown away by that. And of course, my health was more important, but the thought of not being able to ever do this again, I was like, okay, I, I could be happy snorkeling, but deep down, I was really very sad. I, I have now found out that I can. There's ways to do it, and I'm not at any great danger, but I, I try to keep my um, diving to more superficial levels. One of the scariest experiences I've had, though, um, scuba diving was in the Turks and Caicos, where I was diving what's called a, along a wall, which is basically where you're diving on the ocean floor, and then it drops off to really deep sea. Oh. So it was right on the edge of a drop off that goes six thousand dollars down. Uh, six thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a surgeon. Six thousand yeah. <laughs> into the into an abyss, and you know you're you're there up on the edge, and you're first of all you're wondering is anything going to come up from that deep area and, yeah. and yeah. bite you, but you don't know what's down there. You're just looking da- down, and it's black and inky black and you wonder what what kind of life is down there. You know what kind of space is down there is. I imagine it's probably the same kind of feeling the astronauts have when they're out in space. They're just looking out, and they, they don't you don't really know what's out. It makes you realize you're just really a small part of our universe. Quite wow. an experience. It sounds like I've yeah. always wanted to do scuba diving, and I've never really had the opportunity to. Because I'm focus. such a giant wuss. <laughs> I'll just I'll say it for her. I have I have a panic attack trying to snorkel. <laughs> it's not your thing. It's not Literally. my thing. Let me tell you a funny story about um, talking about panic attacks. I was in the Caymans for a meeting in uh, January and just happened to be on my bucket list for scuba diving. So I took my dive equipment there and the weather wasn't real great, but I did get a couple dives in and, you know, it was very windy and there were storms and I was in a room in a hotel that was a first floor room and that opened up onto like 
like a wooded area or like a jungle area and you know and you're, you're a female traveling alone and you're hearing weird bangs in the middle of the night it's like I was a little nervous mm-hmm. and so I woke up one night my last night in town it was a Tuesday night I was flying out Wednesday and I heard this loud bang I'm like whoa what was that so naturally I thought someone was trying to break in so I go over and I push a chair against the door and <laughs> then I hear the noises again and I'm like oh no wait I think that might be thunder I'm like, oh, no, you know, I'm supposed to fly out tomorrow. They have a really short runway here. I don't I don't know. So I I flip on my phone to see what the weather report says. And it says tsunami warning. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So there was an earthquake off the coast of the Honduras. And, you know, so I'm looking at I'm like, Honduras. Well, where's that? Why am I in a tsunami warning? So, you know, I, I go on my phone, iPhone map thing and it shows you where you are with the little dot and then. There's the dot with the Honduras and then this big red ring around it, which is the tsunami warning region. And I'm in it We're like between the Honduras and Cuba. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in the first first floor room. You know, I'm I'm on an island in the ocean. You know, there's going to be flooding. They say there's warnings that there was going to be flooding. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I'm I'm looking around. I'm starting to panic. And I was like, well, I got to get everything off the floor. So I throw my suitcase up. I throw everything in my suitcase. I'm like, oh, my God, the, the, the water could come in like any minute. So I grab a bag of enough presence of mind to put my phone and important things, my wallet in a plastic bag and my camera. And I have that in the little bag and I'm perched up on my bed and I have my suitcase perched up on the dresser just waiting for the flooding to come. And I'm, I'm sitting around. I'm like, wait, there's no sirens. Why aren't there any sirens? Where is everybody? Why is anybody helping me? And then I'm thinking, well, what if what if the tsunami does hit and I get blown away in a big sea of water and I look over and there's all my scuba equipment. I'm like. I've got this. I get my wetsuit. I got my, my buoyancy compensator, my mask, my fins, my snorkel. I put that all on the bed. I'm like, this is really great. I'm set. I can ride this one out. <laughs> I'm sitting on my bed. I'm like, I'm all, I, don't, I don't put the wetsuit on. I have it in the bag. But I'm sitting there. I've got all my provisions, my little provision bag, and I have my all my dive equipment. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, why aren't there any sirens? And I went up to the to the desk and they said, oh, the tsunami warning has been over for, for a few hours now. But it was just really funny. <laughs> I am never going to travel again without my dive equipment because the buoyancy compensator, it's like a life vest. You, you just fill it up with air and you can float, you know. But oh, it was, my gosh. It was quite a scary experience. And next time you should just sleep in your wetsuit. <laughs> because it all happened. If it had happened, you'd have been asleep. So you just need to sleep in your wetsuit. It's covered. Everything's going to be okay. There you go. I'll do that. Tom, the problem solver. <laughs> it's what I do. It's what I do. <laughs> so you had uh, mentioned Stephen Little earlier. Are you doing his new uh, program that he's got up and running? I am. Um, I am doing, it's called the Power Body Workout. And he launched this, I think this, I'm on week 14. So back up prior to that, I've been doing the Peloton. I've been riding my Peloton for quite a while, which is in my mind, primarily cardio. And I had decided I needed to do more. I needed to strengthen my core. I played golf. I'd like to, you know, have more power there. I talked with my instructor about that. And, you know, I wanted to get some more muscle definition and get a little stronger. And especially, you know, getting older, it's it's important to, to continue with weight weight-bearing exercises to, to keep the bones healthy and prevent osteoporosis. So all this is going through my mind. And I actually got involved with Joe Costa's Peloton P90X group. I know you had Joe on a yeah. few months back. So I went through that program. And then just about the time that that was finishing up, Stephen announced his, his new power body program. And, and the time was really perfect. So I signed up. And it's it's great. It, it's high-intensity but they're, they're intervals. So you have 40 minutes of high-intensity and then 20 minutes rest 
or you can keep going. And, and it's, they're set, they're, they're recorded and set for 20 minute programs. So you're to do 20 minutes a day for four times a week. You can extend it to 30 minutes a day. And it's mostly body weight exercises. There's some free weights and jump roping and steps and things like that. But, you know, you don't need a lot of equipment. It's they're they're easy to follow, but I'll tell you, you work. <laughs> I I lost some weight with the bike, and then I lost a few more pounds and gained some strength with the Peloton. But there were certain areas of my body that just weren't toning up, like my belly. You would think for twenty or thirty minutes, how hard can you work? But you really work. It's great. So I really enjoy it. I like that he has set programs. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to figure out well what program am I going to do today? You know, well, do I do this one? Do I do that one? It's there. I log in. About five weeks ago, he offered an alternative to the just the straight body weight exercises using TRX. So that's yeah. the one that I'm doing now. I'm using the TRX system, which kind of like spinning. I was always, I was initially kind of intimidated by it. You know, it's like, how does that work? How do I have to install it? You know, what if I hurt myself with it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love it. I It's using body weight, but using these straps and I've I'm using the version, the travel version, that you don't even have to attach it to anything. It kind of hooks into the door without running any, you know, damage to the to the door frame. But it's really great. It's a great workout. It's it's really fun to be continuing to work with Coach Little. There's a number of Pelotonians who are are doing this. He's got a, quite a large following on on his uh, Power Body page. But it's a good experience. It's it's really I like it. It's it's perfect for me. I'd, I'm now doing his July challenge, which is doing four sessions a week. No, five sessions a week. And, you know, it's nice because sometimes in the morning I just don't have that kind of time. And, you know, when you, you commit to a ride, a ride might be 40, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. But this you can get, you can pound it out in 20 to 30 minutes and feel like you've really done something good and you feel good. I'm, I'm looking great. Everybody's commenting about how, <laughs> how much better I'm looking with, you know, definition and things like that. That's awesome. I so, have a little ways to go yet. There's still a bit of that belly fat yet to go. <laughs> <laughs> when you uh, when you do the TRX, you said you have the the over the door one. I know that there's also like the TRX version that you can hang from like the ceiling or mount to a wall. Yeah. Are the exercises that he shows you, can you do them either on either kind of setup or do they have to be one or the other? Or does he have modifications? Nope, absolutely. They're they're equivalent. Oh, that's great. It, yeah, because what what makes the difference is is the angle of your body, or you know how far you have to step away, or whatever. So yeah, so the the version I have is actually the travel version, which I got because I was going on a trip, and then I was, and then I have them anchor to install it at home. But I've never bothered to put the anchor up, which my husband's quite happy about. <laughs> I'm doing just fine with the door, and, and because. The door that I use is inside the frame when it closes, as opposed to being, you know, like it wouldn't pull the door away from the frame. It, it seals the door against the frame. There's no damage to the door at all. I love it. It really is. I would recommend anybody at least giving it a try. But the program's not expensive at all. I think it's about five bucks a month. And you get coaching and you get the web community. You get recipes and health tips. Matter of fact, he just announced today he's releasing a, a recipe book. Which is pretty oh. cool because he's posted some pretty interesting stuff. Um, are there crickets involved? There are no crickets. Not that I've seen yet. Those little chicks do come up now and then, though. <laughs> that would be good protein, though. <laughs> oh. So you're a big heart rate zone writer. And what are your favorite aspects of the heart rate zones? I think what, what drew me into that is, to me, it's, it's physiology. I like the idea that your, your body has certain efficiencies at certain levels of exertion and trying to maximize the efficiencies at the different levels. And, you know, I know people tend to put it into like fat 
burning zones and this zone and that zone. But, you know, I like sort of the oxygen extraction aspect of it or, you know, I don't, I'm not cerebral, I'm a breast surgeon, but I'm not a critical care doctor that sits there and says, well, my VO2 is this and this. But I actually do find it very interesting that when you work within a certain heart rate, you're, you try to maximize how well your body's extracting the oxygen and getting the maximum amount of effort out of that without having to, I, I don't like to run or spin at, at 130 rotations out of the saddle at low speed. That's just not, I don't enjoy that. That's not fun. I'd rather have a nice steady ride, adjust my resistances or do climbs or do zones. And then there's something about that, the graphing thing <laughs> that appeals to be, you know, having the nice lines across the middle in, the, in a certain zone and, and adjusting to stay in those zones. It's, it's, it's fun. I just, you can really work pretty hard and, and really burn calories and work up a sweat, but not, it's not so, it can be low impact. And you can really make any ride a heart rate zone ride if you want to it's just a matter of what you decide to do with the ride but i love the the uh, heart rate crew the the people that like to do these kind of rides They're, it's a great bunch of people and it's just really kind of my exercise home i guess it was interesting with the when i had my heart workup i had to have a vo2 max test as as part of my workup and this was before i even really knew that people were doing these for the Peloton. And the one that I had to do there was on a treadmill. But I still have all those results. And as, as I've been doing this for, for a while, and I've had my bike for a while, I, I've been noticing that when I would be in zone two, and, and that was zone two based on the heart rate calculations, you know, the standard formula of 220 minus age, I didn't feel like I was working as hard as everybody else. You know, I, I see the visual cues or the breathing cues. The instructors would say, well, can you breathe with your mouth closed? Or, you know, I just felt like I really wasn't maximizing what I was doing. So I went and had a VO2 max test repeated. I had it done at a cycling center in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And the neat thing about that was it was on a bike. When I was on a treadmill, I was like, I was working hard and everything like that. But I'm like, this is not how I normally work out at, at that time. So I did it on the bike and found that my VO2 max had actually improved my oxygen utilization or capability had improved since I had had the one a year, a little over a year before. So that was really cool. The, yeah. the cycling center it was is like a real, for real cyclists, like I, I'm not a big road racer. I have a hybrid bike to tool around, you know, on streets and stuff. But it was like a really nice bike center. They fit you for the bike. Then they put the bike on a trainer and then did the test. It was, it was very interesting. And, and they went over the information and said, this is the, where you're, you should be shooting for, for the top end of your endurance zone. And it was definitely higher than what I had been working out with. So I, I like that kind of feedback. I like numbers. I like some medical or physiologic basis to help reinforce what I'm doing. It, it just resonates with me. So are you planning on getting a tread? Well, that's funny you should ask. I am on the wait list. I put a deposit down for one. I'm not sure. I haven't gotten to try it yet. I would like to try it. I have a pretty decent treadmill now. And the ironic thing is part of the reason that I got the bike was I, I was getting bored with running <laughs> and running uh. on the treadmill. <laughs> but it, it looks really cool. And I've been hearing really great things about the programs and the, the different options. I, I guess I just have to decide for myself if, if that's something that isn't going to be worth the money for me to buy that. It's just me. My husband does go on the bike, but not that much. You know, I have visions yeah. of him retiring and we're, we'll be working out together in the afternoon. I don't know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty happy with my program right now. I, I'm hoping to explore a little bit more some of the uh, the instructor programs for training off the bike, but I'm not sure. 
we'll have to see. I guess when I get that email and say it's time to pay up, I'll have to make that decision. You know, the the, the cost of the tread, I, I have no problem with the cost for what you get. But I also have a daughter in college, and college is not cheap these days. Ooh, yes. Yeah, that's for sure. Given your background, I'm thinking that she's probably really smart and going to a really good college. <laughs> she is. Can I brag? Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. I, I, I won't say her name, but she, yes, yeah, she goes to John Topkins. Wow. And, they, see? But, <laughs> so everybody assumes, at least in our part of the country, that she's gone into medicine. But actually, she's going to be studying aerospace engineering. Oh, uh, wow. She just spent part of her summer out in New Mexico at a rocket competition. <laughs> this girl wow. is, This girl, I know, she's smart. I mean, I, I've been talking to snot rockets about her, Roger Krause. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, when the time comes, those two need to meet. <laughs> yeah, they would be able to talk their language for hours. I'll be, like, lost at the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard something about propulsion, and then I was out right (laughs) (laughs) and the the scary thing is that she starts talking about it and she her eyes light up and her she starts talking faster and her voice gets higher she gets so excited about it that's awesome (laughs) but i'm I'm happy that she's found something that she likes well i i recommend if you're not sure about the tread and you have a treadmill you should definitely try out the classes on the app and see if you're interested in them because that'd be a good way to try it out if you can't make it to the studio yeah i'll do that i'll do that and i'm i'm actually considering just making a trip to a studio to try it or do they have them at the shops yet uh no they don't i heard that it was going to be late summer when they started showing up at the the shops but i haven't seen that occur yet yeah, I think it'd be more fun to go to the studio anyway. So, yeah, I, I, before I say no, I'm definitely going to try it. And I know me, though. I like cool things. I like techie toys. I'll probably wind up buying it. But it's, <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie, Lisa. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty by the surface, too. That's, that looks really cool. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. They said that it's, it's you know, kind of similar to the Woodways, but they're real cushy. They're very cushy. So I, I think you will like it. I think you will get sucked in. I'm sure I will. Well, let me ask you questions, even though I'm the one here for the interview. How's your <laughs> Training going. I'm so excited for you. Isn't that in the oh, fall? The, it the is. big event? It is. You're so sweet. It's uh, September 23rd, and I did eight miles yesterday. I haven't been able to get on the bike as much as I I like, so that's been really difficult for me because I like the accomplishment of running whenever I do something. like I never would have thought that I could complete eight miles when I started this. So that's amazing. Just to be able to be like, I couldn't even run a mile and then to wow. be able to finish eight. But, you know, but then I also it get kind of down on myself because I, I do walk run. You know, I'm not running the whole there time. There is nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is, I actually, when I was running, I was using the running app, I think it's Galloway. And that's what you, that was his theory you 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 have to mix it up well it it definitely helps and it's also mm-hmm. kind of lonely and I, i'm i'm really eager to try the outdoor running classes from peloton because i really enjoy part of what i enjoy about the bike so much is the sense of community that you're yes. not alone when you're on the bike and so i think it will be great to be able to consistently you know run with people i think i will enjoy it more when that happens but at this point i'm just kind of like i just i have about nine weeks left and so uh to try I just I kind of just want to get it done just so I know that I I did it. (laughs) How long is your segment of the race? It is uh, 13.1 miles. So basically a half marathon. (laughs) I have so much respect for you. I I just I can't imagine I could do that. You were a runner. (laughs) I know. I wasn't that kind of runner. (laughs) Five or six miles a day, maybe. (laughs) I notice I don't qualify things very much. I'll say what I do, but I don't say how well I did it or how long. (laughs) It would be a game changer for me. I'm going to take this this attitude. (laughs) Are you going to be like I'm a runner because you jogged once. I, yeah, <laughs> I I had to get up a little tempo 
last night at work. That's true. So. You did. Like there was an ambulance call and he had to like jog out of the room. And uh, <laughs> he's a runner now. <laughs> that wasn't one heavy running. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot. We, about had, the other. <laughs> we had a concert last night. Every, it was nothing. But we had a we we had a call for shots fired in the back. And I was like, uh oh, and, and so and it I have was, rarely seen Tom move. Yeah. That fast. And it was nothing. It was we're, we're the venue is next to a rock quarry. And I don't know why on a Saturday night at 630 they were doing work, but oh, they no. were they were using an impact hammer, which oh, sounded gosh. like a gun. And so, like, we get explosions all the time. Like, I don't even flinch because they're always busting rocks with explosions. But the the shots fired was new. And so it was like, uh oh. And so I was like, got to go. <laughs> I thought everybody was like panicking. Yeah, it was a good test for my intestinal fortitude, though, because I, I realized <laughs> when it was all over, I'm like, oh, I ran towards the gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the best and you know, idea. In the you world. know what? Brian was so impressed. He was like, he's so chill. He's just so chill about the whole thing. And I was like, well, it's his job. He yeah. should be. <laughs> So, uh, so do, do you have any advice for people just getting started on their Peloton journey? I think from a technical standpoint, like for new riders, I definitely recommend doing the beginner rides, you know, review the bike setup and, and, you know, just go easy at first, try different instructors to sort of see who you like or whose training styles you like, you know, that that's a great way to, especially if you've never done any spinning like me i didn't even know the terminology and, and and things like that from the other aspect as we've mentioned the social aspect get involved i would say you know start on the uh, the official peloton page kind of get to know some people get to know what the groups are and then start exploring tribes probably best to go find the instructors you like and then go to their groups and pages and go from there but but get involved reach out to people you know, participate in regional events. Sometimes there's local get-togethers. You have to go to the mothership. You have to go to the studio and, <laughs> and ride in the studio at some point in your life. You know, go to HRI. Just get involved. You get so much more out of it than, than just a good workout. I know we don't have a ton of time left, but I did want to give you a chance to tell us about your experience uh, watching Christine Diercole race last night. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Since Stephen left, I've been riding mostly with Christine and Jennifer because they committed to taking over the heart rate training program. And, and I also like riding with Matt Wilpers, the baby face killer. <laughs> so I just love that for him. I, uh, I, I really enjoy riding with Christine. And the, the more you ride with her, the more you hear not just her life lessons and her advice and, and, and her soul coming through, but you get a little insight to racing. And I, I don't know... In, much about road riding and, and racing and she talked about like you know imagine you're that person's just ahead of you and the finish line's just in front of you and you know you have to do it and you have to push yourself and it was really really amazing to go watch her race my i took a local peloton rider who i know and her friend uh, over to allentown it's about an hour and a half from here and we watched some other races before her race and it was it was so exciting there was uh, probably about 20 or so peloton riders a lot of people from i think cde tribe um some people from heart rate crew um, some people just wanted to come because they like her and they, people came from all over i think they came from like connecticut and colorado wow. new jersey as well as Pennsylvania. And we were all there cheering for her. And it was just absolutely amazing. You know, seeing her and her element, it was just unbelievable the excitement and the, and the strategy we were yelling like you wouldn't believe in cheering they, at this this stadium they encourage people to make noise and 
most of the other riders in the different competitions, they had like a couple people there, maybe a family or a small group, but we we were clearly dominating the arena. <laughs> so oh my gosh. And we were screaming, we were chanting, I am, I can, I will, I do. And, and uh, it was a very tight race and, and, it, and she, she was dominating most of the race, but it really was coming down in the last laps that they were going in with equal points. So one was going to win the gold and, and whoever had the most points was going to win in that race. And she just pulled it. She just poured it on in the last few minutes. I was like yelling. I'm like, what if you had to? <laughs> she was so happy. And afterwards, like she, you know, she hung out with us. We got pictures and she was hugging everybody. It was just one. It was really neat as a rider to do something to give back to her for all that she and our other instructors and our all our instructors are fantastic. You know what they do for us. It was really nice to go and support her. But just to see her in her element, it was it was fantastic. I would love to go to more of those rides. That's awesome. That's cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. Obviously, we couldn't be there live, but it's so exciting <laughs> that she won the gold. That's so cool. So uh, I guess uh, that brings us to a close. It so does. before we head off, where can people find you on social media and whatnot? Uh, actually, I just want to add one, one oh, thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you asked me what else can you tell newbies or anybody oh, for yeah, that matter. Totally. I didn't start li- listening to the clip out till. I don't know. You guys were maybe 10 or 12 episodes in. And I recommend that everybody should listen to the clip out. I, I, I just, one of the ladies I golf with just finally got sick of hearing it and her husband bought her a Peloton. And I said, okay, this is what you have to do. You have to do the beginner rides. You have to, you know, figure out who you like and you have to listen to the clip out. She's like, what's the clip out? I said, go to the podcast, go to episode number one and listen to it moving forward because you learn so much about the community from your podcast, especially in the beginning when you learn about the early days of Peloton and the people that you see on the page. But the clip out has grown with Peloton and it's just really been neat to see that progression and hearing uh, not you know my story is pretty boring compared to a lot of people but the the, the backstories the challenges the successes of, of of your fellow riders and it's just it's just really neat so uh, on behalf of the entire peloton community i like to thank you and tom for all that you do to keep Aww. us all connected it's it's really been an amazing experience well, thank, well, thank you. you that was really sweet now i'm glad i let her get in one more thing <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like I no we don't have time I, <laughs> yeah, so I can be reached on Facebook. It's my name, Lisa Kimtorp. I mean, I'm in some of the, the tribes and crew pages. I am on Instagram and Twitter, but I honestly don't do much there. Um, I also can be reached through my my work website, pinnaclehealth.org. And uh, one of the things that I'm also involved with is I serve on, on the board of directors for a foundation. The foundation is called the American Society of Breast Surgeons Foundation. We sponsor a website called breast360.org, and it's a patient um, education website. It's about breast health and breast diseases, Uh, but it's a little bit different than some of the other websites out there on breast cancer in that it's written by surgeons or or coordinated by surgeons, and it's a really great source for information for patients, for families, you know, not necessarily – if you even have a diagnosis of cancer, you want to learn about a test or procedure or something like that. We raise money for breast cancer research. We provide uh, grants to um, for community outreach to provide education and screening to areas that are underserved in the U.S. And it's just it's just really a neat way to, to give back to my professional community and, and my patients and to 
uh, those who are not in an area as well taken care of in terms of healthcare facilities as, as where I am. So I can give you that information uh, for the Breast 360 and the, uh, the foundation if anybody's interested in learning more about it. Yeah, please send that along and I will post it on the Facebook page. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to talk to us. Yes, thank you. Thank awesome. you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. It, it has. has. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to come back and hang out with you in person again and have a couple more drinks on some rooftop. <laughs> that was really fun. That's such a great picture of us, Crystal. But, all, right. all right. You guys take care. You, you too. too. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Here's today's recipe for success. So does Lisa have a recipe for us? She does. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you might remember in our interview that we, we just had that we just talked about the power body workout. Yes. And she said that Stephen Little came out with a new power body workout recipe book. Right. Well, this is one of the awesome recipes in the book. So she plagiarized. No, I'm sure. Is how she made her way through medical school? I'm a little little concerned now. (laughs) He's kidding, Lisa. No, she 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 credited her source. She did. That's not. She followed the the MLA handbook, so she's okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. It's the power recipe honey sriracha. Sriracha. I don't. Isn't that like really hot? Sriracha. Isn't that the really hot stuff? Yeah. Okay. Glazed meatballs. Okay, Lisa. Let's hang on. Time out. We got it. I I know she's listened before, right? Mm-hmm. And we've talked in real life. Mm-hmm. I was even liquored up. Yeah. And she sent us a recipe that has glazed and balls in the camera. <laughs> <laughs> but she was so thoughtful. She was like, she was like, and Tom can make this with chicken. Like she was so thoughtful. <laughs> and here you are. <laughs> well, chickens can't have balls. Well, I, they're female. I mean, <laughs> you could Roosters, make the same. You could make the same recipe just using chicken. Yeah, I, I like turkey. Well, so there you go. I like turkey. So too. why are you complaining? Because it's balls. Because <laughs> I'm twelve. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm not going to read through this whole recipe because it's broken down into two parts and it's pretty, uh, it's not super long or hard. It's just that, you know, there's a lot of ingredients to read. Right. But there's like a section for how you would make up the meatballs and then there's a section of how you would make up the sauce. And then basically you just follow those two very simple instructions separately because you're just going to mix the stuff together for the meatballs and then you're going to put it (laughs) as I say you guys as I'm saying this Tom cannot keep a straight face because every time I say meatballs (laughs) he wants to say you said balls (laughs) well you you did (laughs) oh my god you really are 12 (laughs) this is a super easy uh, recipe and I want to try this I think this would be really good and uh, five meatballs. Go ahead. That's an odd number. There you go. Uh, it's 295 calories. So very good ratio. Yeah. <laughs> it's got so many dirty jokes. You don't even know I what to do. do with them. They're just like exploding I, in your brain. Yes, I have balls exploding <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> I know a lot of ladies that have been wanting Stephen Little's balls in their mouth. Oh, my God. And this Tom. is their opportunity. <laughs> What? I'm talking about this recipe for meatballs <laughs> that Stephen Little oh. provided. Oh, poor via Lisa. Lisa. Well, I'm sorry, Lisa. We should have talked about this. I didn't I I I didn't anticipate this. I should have. I should have. <laughs> I'm really I'm really slacking this week. It is not the first time <laughs> I have walked right into one of these. 
A ball? Jokes. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) See what I mean? (laughs) Yes. Next time, send us something that I can't make dirty, like tacos. Right. Right. What could go wrong? (laughs) What could go wrong (laughs) with tacos? Okay, so that's all for our... (laughs) It's all for this. We're done. (laughs) Shut it down. I can't. Okay, so I guess guess that's it for this episode. I think it is. Uh Uh, Until uh, next time, where can people find you? They can find me at facebook.com slash crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and of course on the bike at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert, or you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. If you would like to keep up with the show throughout the week, please come on in. The water's just fine. Uh, You can find us at facebook.com slash the clip out or at our website, the clipout.com. Also, uh, you can find us on iTunes where you can rate, review and subscribe or uh, wherever you get your podcast from. There's a whole bevy of places at this point and pretty much wherever you get a podcast, we will be there like Richard Marks waiting for you. So <laughs> that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep pedaling.